What's happened to me? We crashed. Nurse Chapel was unhurt, but you were healed. Coming up, Spock is given life-saving medical treatment when an away mission shuttle accident critically wounds him. Whoever did this seems to have made you human. But his recovery turns his life upside down when he finds himself put back together as a human with a flood of hilarious emotions that he can't control. Because to Pring's mother, if she heard I was human, this could be a serious disaster. Whoa. How does Spock cope with his new ill-time reality in the midst of engagement ceremonies with his disapproving mother-in-law-to-be? The models were telling me we have 24 hours. If we can't change him back, he's going to be stuck like this. It is a race against time to change Spock back to a Vulcan before his changes are permanent and his engagement to T'Pring is irrevocably broken. All this and more coming up on the Strange New Worlds edition of Energize. We're boldly going into the uncharted regions of the Star Trek universe before Captain Kirk. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the new adventures of Captain Pike and the Enterprise crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. In this week's episode, Spock confronts life as a human, a disapproving mother-in-law-to-be, and pent-up feelings for Nurse Chapel. Here's a Warp Speed recap of Season 2, Episode 5 of Strange New Worlds, Charades. Spock, during your upcoming visit, I have arranged to have our ceremonial engagement dinner. Is it not too soon? Gravitational radiation is headed right for us. Maximum power to forward shields. What's happened to me? We crashed. Nurse Chapel was unhurt, but you were healed. Whoever did this seems to have made you human. What the f- I've already spoken to Tupring and to your family. What did you tell them, Captain? Because Tupring's mother, if she heard I was human, this could be a serious disaster. Whoa. These rituals have to go perfectly, and clearly I'm not Vulcan enough to pull that off. Tupring's mother is already skittish about the union. Spock, you are a disappointment. You have turned your back on your planet and our daughter. Your father, Sarek, is correct to shut you out. You have failed him as a Vulcan and as a son. All right, Steve, uh, this week's episode continues the ongoing storyline of Spock and T'Pring. Yeah, even though, you know, this is an episodic serialized show we still have these through lines and it is really great to see them uh <clears throat> come back together uh and and deal with a new kind of problem because they've had all kinds of problems distance and all kinds of other things uh invasion of the body snatchers uh, or sw- yeah <laughs> switch bodies basically <laughs> switching bodies yeah all of that craziness <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I I have found it very interesting to delve into Spock's love life over the past two seasons, and yeah. uh, here we are once again. Uh, but I thought that, that, you know, delving deeper into this constant struggle between Spock's 
human side of himself and his Vulcan side of himself, I think is 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 a good thing, and and it, it gives him um, more layers. He's not just yeah. the one note. Yeah, I agree, and I, I you know I've read a lot about this, and you know you and I in between these episodes, you know we watch stuff on YouTube and we listen to other commentaries, and I read a lot of commentaries. And a lot of guys are saying, or girls are saying, hey, listen, this is too much uh, emotion for Spock. He's not Vulcan enough. And and I just got to say, I, I don't necessarily agree. I think that they're handling Spock in the way he should have always been handled. Yes, he is a Vulcan. And yes, he has chosen to live the Vulcan way. But he has not done the Kulinar. He has not completely become Vulcan and purged all emotions, just like in the... Um, Kelvin timeline, he didn't do it either. And so you're going to have a Spock that has emotions and fighting with himself. We saw it uh, in a muck or Spock a muck when he was fighting himself as a human. And now we see it fully in this episode. And I think it's exactly how we should see Spock. And then to add some icing and a cherry on top, we're still dealing with the pent up emotions, uh, the will he, won't he with Nurse yeah. Chapel, uh, which, which is, is a carryover from the Serene Squall. Yeah. Which is which is awesome because you know you can see something with them and it and it's you know it, we've been waiting for them to act on this. We got a little bit of a little kiss, but it was all you know make believe for to get out of danger. But this episode's different. Ah, uh, yes, and so overall, you know, we in this particular episode, we're we're seeing Spock, you know, grappling with being accepted by T'Pring's family and dealing with. To Pring's mother, to Prill, her yeah. racism towards humans and condescension right. towards Spock's mother, and Spock having to come to terms with all that while battling uh, a dilemma of his own. And so I, I thought there was a lot woven into this, and we're going to delve deep into it. Yeah, it was a great way to set the background for this struggle. I mean, this could have just been about Spock struggling with his issues, but to have it be on Vulcan with his future mother-in-law. It was, I thought, perfectly set up. Christine Chapel's personal log. We're en route to the Vulcan system. Our mission? To survey the moon of Kirkov on the far side of the sector. So we start with Nurse Chapel um, is heading to the Vulcan system. Let me start that one over. So the Enterprise is headed to the Vulcan system, and Nurse Chapel is is heading to survey an abandoned moon called... Uh, that I guess was by a civilization called the Kirkovs. Yeah, um, they were yeah. there. They abandoned it. Yep. Yeah, they vanished eons ago, and they're investigating a strange energy anomaly on the surface. So, uh, at the same time, Nurse Chapel is also preparing for an interview for a two-month-long fellowship to the Vulcan Science Academy, which um, the only person that I've ever seen, only human I've ever seen, go through the Vulcan Science Academy is uh, Michael Burnham in the in Discovery. Right, and and that's obviously because it's a little bit of nepotism, right? She was Sarek's adopted daughter. Um, I, I also had a bit of an eyebrow raise there, like, well, what is this all about? It could be because she's part of the Enterprise, and, you know, <laughs> excuse me, the Enterprise itself with, you know, the original Enterprise and Jonathan Archer and the whole Vulcan... Uh, relationship with getting you know humans finally off earth maybe that had something to do with it but i definitely was like well, yeah how is she are they even going to let her in but how is she even given a chance to get in uh yeah because here's the thing i'm someone who completely 
um, in real life, I adhere to a logical way of thinking, thanks to me growing up watching Star Trek. And I, you know, and I have always said that I think if people were more logical, and that's not to be devoid of emotion, but I think if more people were logical beings, I think a lot of problems uh, we have wouldn't be there. But at the same time, uh, even though Vulcans are very logical, they're they're also very condescending and snobby towards humans. So. They always happen. We, yeah, yeah. We we saw them right after first contact. In the time between first contact and uh, Enterprise with Scott Bakula, um, you know, they were basically the humans' masters, and the humans were on the leash, and they're like, "You're not ready. You're not ready. You're not ready." And they're like, "We're ready. Let us go." You know, and they've always been kind of the overlord in that way, in that condescending way. Um, so what I love is we, you know, we open the show with Chapel. Uh, in this wonderful montage of preparing for this. And she's reciting all the information that she's supposed to know. And we keep cutting to me. It's La'an and, and then it's Ahura and then it's uh, Dr. Mbenga. Number and, one. Yeah, number one. And, and it's great. I, I loved it. Even the music they were playing, it was just cheery. And you're just like, boy, she's really committed to this. What's our Corby's three principles of archaeological medicine? One, medicine is always ancient and new, as culture's understanding of what medicine is changes over time. Yeah, but the elephant in the room is why isn't Chapel seeking Spock's help? Uh, you know, the neighborhood Vulcan yeah. should be helping Nurse Chapel. I mean, it's the obvious thing, but she's not. I don't get it. Your interview is with the Vulcan, so why aren't you practicing with Mr. Spock? Oh, things are kind of weird between them. But 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 the the answer is obvious, right? They're doing their best to avoid each other. He's engaged. She's in love, and also I know that she has a different past, right? Uh, they kind of talk about her past with you know other women, actually, too. So I'm sure she's just as conflicted there as well. I don't know. Um, yep. But the big thing, but the big everybody thing is everybody knows, knows. this. <laughs> yes. Everybody knows it, right? Yeah. And, and you can't hide the way they look at each other. But it's really the way they don't look at each other, the way they avoid each other, that everybody knows. And yeah, Spock, you know, walks into the turbo lift when Mbenga's there, and he doesn't even look at her, but she kind of looks over at him, and Mbenga notices, and then he goes away, and it's just that really cheeky, very Star Trekky. TOS kind of humor, which I love. Yeah, and then Binga just completely rolls his eyes like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'll just continue to do this. Ugh. Everybody knows you guys love each other. Come on. Science officer's personal log. The recent downtime en route to Vulcan has been most advantageous. I owe my success to Dr. Mbenga, who provided me with therapies to better control my emotions. You know, we hear Spock's log, and he states that Mbenga's therapies have helped him control his emotions, and and, and he's exploring new interests. So we, we see Spock doing a bunch of things. So can I stop here just for one second? Yeah. This, there's a, there's a, you know, I know you love this episode. There's a couple things that I'm going to discuss during this episode sure. that I didn't like. And here's the first one. They did this in Enterprise when the Zindi came and attacked the Earth and killed Tripp's sister. He was so upset about it that he had to get treatment from T'Pol called yeah, neuropressure. That. That's when I was and still he, watching. Yeah. 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 That's about where I gave up. And, yeah. uh, you know, I need neuropressure to, you know, it's like, dude, okay, your sister died. It's terrible. But like, we we all knew what that was. That was just a setup for them to eventually, you know, have sex okay. together. And, yeah. and it was such a silly treatment. And now I'm wondering, 
Spock's a Vulcan. Why does he need Mbenga's treatment? Why isn't he? Why doesn't he have his own set of treatments that he would think all humans wouldn't understand? This is a bit of a logic hole that I'm not a fan of. Uh, but at the same time, um, we're talking about Spock as a half human, half Vulcan. So maybe Mbenga is the gateway to dealing with his human side of his emotions in a way that Vulcans wouldn't be able to advise him on. I don't know. But, yeah, I suppose. And, and, and again, it gives Mbenga something else to do, which is great because, you know, TOS Bones never did anything, right? Um, well, I shouldn't say that, really. But um, this doctor has been the most active doctor I've ever seen in Starfleet. Yeah, but I, but I guess it's a little more real yeah. than a one-note doctor. So, um, yeah, I'll let that one go. Okay. Yes, I know you are. Um, and I got another one later. <laughs> but but Spock is, you know, he's also nervous because he's, he's got this reunification with T'Pring. And he's excited to see her, I think. Uh, hard to tell. But he definitely is not excited to see uh, his uh, mother-in-law. Spock, there is a situation I felt the need to apprise you of. During your upcoming visit, I have arranged to have our ceremonial engagement dinner. A Vishal dinner? Is it not too soon? Yeah, she definitely does not approve of Spock, clearly, because he's, you know, half human, half Vulcan. And, um, you know, I think that plays into, you know, the ongoing um, issues of, uh, of interracial, you know, relationships that we, we have in our own reality. Yeah. Even, you know, even he's he's a half breed, although you, you wouldn't know. You know, you look at him, he's got the ears and the eyebrows, he's very logical, but everybody knows he's half human and they treat him that way. He's this, you know, outcast kind of guy, you know, and it's it's too bad. Um, and it, it, I never more have I really seen it played out than in this episode. Oh, most definitely. That's what made this episode, you know, really interesting for me. So, yeah. you know, Pike informs Spock that he'll be traveling to Vulcan with a passenger, and that is Nurse Chapel, for which he is like, oh, crap. <laughs> so, uh, um, obviously, they've got to go, and uh, I, I'm, I don't remember exactly why it's the two of them in the shuttle. What happened there? Why were they chosen? Um, well, oh, no, no, he's, 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 oh, no, because it makes sense, because he's going to Vulcan to see Dupring, and she's going for the, for the, um, the test. Right, exactly. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right, it made complete sense. So, why not, you know, you would send the two of them. And so, um, they're, they're on their way, and they detect an energy anomaly on Kirkov, and the, the two get sucked into it. Gravitational radiation is headed right for us. Maximum power to forward shields. Forward shields at maximum. My systems are crashing. Steering is compromised. This is great because I, I it's rare that you see in sci-fi shows uh, a um, species that has left somewhere, abandoned something. Uh, they did it in the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. She arrives at this place and the people who built the tunnels are long gone. And I love that. It's like, who did this? We don't know. Yeah. Maybe they'll come back. So so these people are gone. Uh but there, yeah, there's this energy wave, and of course they start to head right toward it because they're getting sucked into it. It's kind of like a, a mini tiny little black hole, and there's this really interesting moment 
where they're just about to hit it and the whole inside of the shuttle lights up and and Nurse Chapel just turns to Spock and just says, Spock, like, what's going to happen? And then, boom, it's a whiteout. Yep. And the next thing you know, we're waking up and Spock's in sickbed. Yep. And he's told that there's a shuttle crash and he was injured and, and healed, but everybody's acting awkward. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm thinking, I think first I'm thinking it's a dream, right? He's in some alternate reality. But then immediately I'm thinking, oh, yeah, something happened. His ears got ripped off or something. <laughs> yeah. And so he, it, the camera pulls back. He lifts, he lifts up and, you know, it's like, boom, he's got human ears. And I'm like, yeah. oh, crap. What the hell? Yeah. And he, and this, this is, goes to the first break. He just goes, what the f? And they go to break and it was just excellent. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was really, really cool. And so, yeah. you know, obviously this, this uh, poses a lot of issues for Spock. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, I, you know, at that point, I didn't know if this was just appearance or the, you know, the, or the full Monty is in terms of uh, human yeah. emotion. So uh, this could mean. Well, this again, this is why. I, yeah. And this is why I, I, I was like, maybe this is a dream. Right. This could be a Scrooge type of thing where he goes through this whole thing and then wakes up and he's Spock again and he's learned something. So what does this mean now if he's human? Well, is he more a suitable match for Chapel and not for Tupring or can Tupring accept him? We know her mother's not going to. And therein lies the you know, conundrum here for this episode. They set it up great. Yeah, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after we go through our show, but we're all left, left hanging with our mouths uh, hanging wide open. So uh, we find La'an and Una, you know, aboard the shuttle. They're scanning it, and they kind of answer the question. Apparently the shuttle crashed, and it was yeah. literally put back together almost exactly yeah. like it was. And, yeah. and this mirrors... Spock being healed or put back together just as the shuttle was. And so Lon finds some alien tech, which is basically like a calling card that was left behind. And um, Lon and the bridge crew try to make audio contact with the Krakovian rep. (laughs) It's kind of like it's kind of like a service was rendered and a cart was left behind. And, um, yeah. you know, they basically say Spock was healed or repaired, if you want to put it put it in that way. Well, I terms. think that the term the term they used was it's something along the lines of corrected. Yes. Right. You know, he was he, we found an anomaly with him and we corrected it. Now, here's where my big problem is. OK, you ready for this? Yes. It's on a moon near Vulcan. Yes. Spock is the only Excuse me. Spock is the Vulcan in the ship. Chapel is non-Vulcan. As far as the Kirkovians know, Spock is the normal one, and Chapel is the one that's not right because they must know Vulcans because they're right near Vulcan. So I think the big miss here was that they should have changed Chapel. Now, if they did that, we wouldn't have the same issues uh, as you know the half-breed stuff. However, imagine if Chapel were changed and not Spock and suddenly she's Vulcan because that's that would have been the logical correction to make all we've ever seen is Vulcans that guy's a Vulcan she's not we fixed her 
Exactly. I think that would have made it more interesting, more twist. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, that was a, a plot hole that I did see. I was just like, wait a minute. Uh, we're near Vulcan. Yeah. Why haven't the Vulcans been, been investigating the Krakovians anyway? That was the thing that I thought. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so uh, that was that was one thing that, it, that, that bothered me. But outside of that, then I started to delve into the story as presented. And so, um, you know. We find out that Spock is not only appears to be human, but he has taken on human emotions and behavior. Well, it's it's wonderful because we get to see. This is my first time seeing Ethan Peck as anything other than Spock. Traditionally, I've never I I wasn't aware of him as an actor before. You know, um, and to see him smile and light up and get hungry and act like a petulant child and have emotions and ask questions and get excited about food and smells um, and just his range of facial expressions. I think he's been dying to do this for two seasons. And I'm sure he went to the writers and said, thank you, you know, because he just crushed it. I so enjoyed him in this episode, just having fun with the human Spock. I've already spoken to Zapring and to your family. What did you tell them, Captain? Because Tapring's mother, if she heard I was human, this could be a serious disaster. Whoa. Yeah, I thought it was great. I just, I totally was like, yeah, this is really, really cool. And it, it, I, I laughed. I thought it was funny. And I was just like, yeah. this is, this is uh, you know, a different take. And uh, I think it was yeah. a, a good avenue to explore by the writers. So, you know, meanwhile, Chapel is having her meeting uh, with the Vulcan Science Academy rep and... And true to form, she's being patronized by the Vulcan. Hi, I'm Christine. Apologies for the delay. I read your essay, Miss Chapel, and frankly, I'm not impressed. Right, and he's just like, if you pass, which is highly doubtful, you know, blah, 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 no human has ever done. You know, it's just that whole thing, and and um, it's it's a wonderful um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Kind of a mirror to how the Vulcans see the humans. And and by the way, it's Tapring's mother is beautifully set up. I mean, we we don't see her for the first half of the show, maybe first two thirds, but we know everything about her and we're scared of her. Oh yeah, it was, it <laughs> was a I great setup. Set I mean, so I, I was great. just like, this, this woman's going to come in and she's going to be a wrecking ball. Yeah. She's yeah. Uh, a domineering force that's about to board yeah, the so ship. I'm looking so, forward to that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So before this force of nature comes aboard the ship, Spock's mom boards the ship and Spock greets his <laughs> yeah. mother in the transporting room, you know, wearing a skull cap. Yeah. <laughs> Spock, I am so sorry for surprising you like this, but why are you wearing that silly hat? It's not silly. It's regulation. <laughs> And she's like, uh, what's with the cap? And he's like, it's regulation. You know, it's fine. It's obviously very silly. The, the, I, I think I also had a, a small issue here with like, he, she's been on Vulcan her whole, you know, her whole adulthood. She knows Spock. She knows Vulcans. He was totally acting different and she didn't really pick up on it. Which I was surprised. I would think she'd notice immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I felt like she should. But it was funny that he's wearing the hat, the awkwardness. That's what made it funny. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I I let that one slide just for the humor part of it. You have to, you know, can't be 
everything can't be just so like spot on, spot on, or you wouldn't have a right. story. But I thought it was hilarious. Right. And and so Spock's mom was like, listen, we have got to get the uh, this engagement dinner done. We have rituals we must yeah. do. And so now, you know, the stakes have been set. These rituals have to go perfectly. And clearly I'm not Vulcan enough to pull that off. The situation between our two families is more tense than you realize. Dupring's mother is already skittish about the union. She's just freaking out because they've got to do all of these things to show that he's a true Vulcan. Yes. And... (laughs) He's not going to be able to do it. Yeah, and now it has to be done aboard the Enterprise because of Spock's injuries. Yeah. Now they've so moved so to it to yeah. the ship, and so yeah. um, so he so Spock has to don Vulcan ears. He's learning yeah. how to control his emotions, and and he's Trying. pushing his way through the rituals, uh, in in you know in preparation to fool to uh, to Pring's parents. So he spends a lot of time learning all of these rituals. While he's trying to do his emotion, it's a lot going on for him, especially, you know, this is a la data when he gets his emotion chip. It's just a lot. Uh, yeah. And it's new and some of it's fascinating and some of it's terrifying and he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And I, fa- um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I found it really funny when he's like um, with his crewmates. I love logic. Notice how I move my eyebrow, but no other muscles in my face. Do I really sound like that? Yes. yes. You know, he's with uh, Laon, Ortega, Una, and uh, yeah. Uhura, and they're basically trying to say how he speaks. And he's like, "Do I really speak like right. this?" And they're like, "Yes." Yeah, and it's good humor. This this whole episode had humor, led furiously by Ethan Peck, who just, I again, you know, he went from teenager to scared kid to angry, whatever. Um, just super great. But all of this is just so, so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's completely overwhelmed, and it, it's just too big of a task. I mean, he completely implodes. But here's the problem. Uh, they have 24 hours to change Spock back before he's locked into place. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, nothing nothing makes a good episode like a ticking clock. They discover, you know, this is, uh, this is uh, Nurse Chapel who's going through this effort to try to find a cure for Spock. Again... An interesting choice here because Chapel's the one is wor- who's working on it, and Mbenga's not. Isn't it usually the doctor that would be leading this? That kind of threw me a little bit. Can you explain that to me? Well, it seemed like he was assisting. You know, I mean, but he's it, the doctor. Yeah, yeah, but it. I I just feel like you know, for story purposes, you know, there's Chapel is doing you know doing this feverish feverishly as he, yeah. you know. And she's connected to him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. It makes sense for the story. Just sometimes they 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 color outside the lines a lot in this show, in particular. There's not a lot of real adherence to real protocols. Um, I think Pike runs a very loose ship, <laughs> but it's fun. Yeah, I mean, it would have been easy to fix. It was just you know, started with him being, yeah. a, and then yeah. jump to Chapel just to establish yeah. that the doc is the doc, and she's yeah. you know they, they could have tag teamed it a little bit and then landed on her, um, but that's just me. But uh, but what it, yeah you're right. But what it actually does is it gets Chapel in charge. It, it's for her character because she's gonna she's trying to 
She'd love to have Spock as a human. They would be so connected. But there's something that misses Spock and she wants him cured. And she's fighting for it to the point where she's like convincing Ortegas and uh, Uhura to go with her, like to abandon the rules again, get on a shuttle and go back and try to see if they can convince these aliens somehow to change Spock back. And they're like, dude, I don't know. And she's like, please, we have to try. Yeah, That's and she she gets them, you know, persuades them to do that. And, you know, this whole notion of Spock trying to fool to bring's, you know, family, you know, I and you know, <laughs> I'm hoping that yeah. you know Chapel could come up with a solution before uh their uh, a required mind mail uh, yeah. has to occur. Yeah. Because that's he was trying to fake that away. too. Yeah, wasn't he? Wasn't he like he had his his hands on his mom's face? He's like, "Your mind to my mind, my mind." It's like really screaming it out. Yeah, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, dude, yeah. <laughs> you've really, you've really like uh, crashed yeah. and burned here." I've spent the last two days with my mother. I can stomach no more formalities. I understand. So to bring her mom and her father arrive on the Enterprise. And, you know, T'Pring is like, literally gets there a second before her mom does, and she's already frustrated with her mother. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, when T'Pril, uh, T'Pring's mom, arrives, I mean, her her behavior is noticeably different from her husband. Yeah, she's she's obviously... The boss? Buttoned down. She's the boss. And the husband is just like, uh, whatever you say, dear. Kind of a typical kind of relationship that you know the Vulcans hey Vulcans they're just like us oh uh, yeah exactly and it seemed like every yeah. time the father you know said something that was like very nice or uh he was open yeah. to something he was immediately corrected and shut down and then he would then he would just fall in line well yeah and Pike who by the way takes a back seat for the third time this season don't forget that that's a third episode out of five that he's not the main guy um, who's cooking in his place, he's making the food, and he goes, here's a traditional Vulcan dish, and the father tries it, he goes, oh, it's really good, and she's like, no, the twists are wrong, and you didn't do this right, and then this isn't fresh, and he's like, you're right, it's not good, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it. it was just like, slap, so, slap, slap. Yeah, yeah it, it, she's just, just, every she turn. was biachi. And yeah. I, I, was, yeah, I was already, like, frustrated with her. I couldn't stand her. Yeah, she sucked. These quarters seem quite comfortable. They will suit our needs for the Vishal ritual. They are merely adequate, and they carry an unfortunate odor. We all know what it is. So Capriel constantly uses every moment to badmouth Spock about his heritage and how he abandoned right. his people yep. for Starfleet and how his own father, right. who Spock isn't, you know, doesn't talk to, uh, was correct That's, in his yeah. criticisms of Spock. Yeah. You know, and Spock got. And that's pissed. why they don't speak. Yeah. And walked out. Well, yeah, and he has to excuse himself because he's really upset. And it's like, how much more can he take? A Vulcan would look at it like, you know, your uh, criticisms are illogical or misplaced. But he's just like, no, you're hurting my damn feelings. And again, this is, to me, I think the Vulcans use logic as a as an excuse to be better than everybody else they, their their emotions run deeper than humans do we know this about them and so maybe this you know like Sarah has said logic offers us a path around that but i think it's also used as a crutch to be able to be uh holier than thou and i think that's garbage exactly exactly and it was it was evident all the way through um to prill's 
mannerisms and what she said. It was just evident. It was just yeah. it was actually pretty disgusting. I was like getting pissed for for Spock's mom. I was pissed for Spock. I'm like, yeah. how dare yeah, you and, talk but he, talk to them like that? And here's another funny little thing about that is usually it's the son's mother that's the real jerk. Because it's like, this is my son. You're taking my son. No woman's good enough for my son. But we see it here with, with the Vulcan mom. And I think this is beyond hiding behind logic. I just think she's a bitter old lady. Oh, exactly. Maybe it's she just, just doesn't simple. think Spock's good enough because he's his mother's human. Your people um, remediated. remediated. Only you didn't fix him correctly. And I'm trying to, but I can't without your help. And so... Chapel goes to appeal to the Kirk- uh, the Kirkovians. I'll, I'll always get tongue twisted on that. Just just say uh, Kevorkian. Uh, it'll be easier. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so she's talked Uhura and Ortegas into going back into the anomaly, and they're like, "Well, you got to die somehow, right?" And and of course, Ortegas, who's a great pilot, finds the one little slot that they can get into that won't kill them but actually take them into inside the anomaly which is this space-time kind of thing it's kind of like going inside the black hole and they put all the shields forward and they go in there and they get in there and they're actually safe inside and and it's this weird kaleidoscope little underwater Aquaman type world. Yeah, and it's like, hey, let us get the person who actually did the fixing. Yeah, because, oh yeah, Blue shows up and, and they're like, hello, I'm yeah. Blue. And like, where's Yellow? Yellow's not here. It's like, <laughs> would you like to leave a message? Yeah, that was uh, pretty hilarious yeah. to me. It was like, uh, <laughs> he's customer service. Yeah, that was really <laughs> funny. During the accident, the other being diverted the shields away from himself to protect you. You what? He chose to protect you at the risk of his own life. Can you explain? What is your relationship to this being? But they they reveal that um, that Spock, you know, in that moment when the shuttle uh, was about to crash, that Spock diverted the shields to protect Chapel, and that's why he was gravely injured. Right, and and that's the point where I wanted to hear something along the lines of no. Vulcan would do that. That's not logical. And so therefore, he must have had an anomaly. And that's why we made him into human, because he was obviously, you know, defective. That's when you see Christine Chapel finally actually showing all of us, damn, I think I love this guy. And that's when the other two go, would you just admit it already? You're you're into him. <laughs> Right, and that was following the being asking, "What is the relationship between Spock exactly. and Chapel?" Because they weren't they weren't going to do it because that that request, that customer service request, usually yeah. comes from somebody who is directly related or tied to the right. the person in question. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, what's your relationship? Somehow, yeah. she says the right thing because we we cut back to uh, the rituals. Spock, you are a disappointment. You have turned your back on your planet, your people, your family, and our daughter. So we're back on the ship, and it's time for the the big final moment. Spock has passed everything. He's carried that pot of tea. You know, he turned his back, and he made that funny face, and he turned around, and he's all calm. He's accomplished everything, but now it's time for the mind meld. And, you know, there's been no change. And Pike, again, who I think is a very good... 
um, comedic actor. His faces were fantastic in this episode. He's like, oh, wait, there's an Earth custom, too. We have to do an Earth custom. Uh, it's called uh, charades. And the father's like, tell me about this charades. And he's like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, that was you, hilarious. You pick two words and you, you sounds like, and he's like, sounds like ear. And he's like, no, 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 no. Uh, and he's trying to, but it was a really good um, diversion for a second because that's all they needed. Yeah, and, and Chapel does show up in the nick of time before we yeah. have to play this painfully yeah. obvious diversion out. <laughs> Why did you do it? On the shuttle? You moved the shields? She saved my life. I. It was the logical choice. This is perhaps my favorite moment of the season. Is he's saying, "Look, I, I, I you know, I appreciate you doing this," and she's like, "You, you saved me," and he's about to say, "Why did it?" Well, she asks first. She says, "Why did you do it? Why did you save me?" She, yeah, and she wants to hear it, but the truth is, if she she knows if she hears it, that the game changes. Right. Okay? And she's she's not going to be a homewrecker. This is why I love this. It was so beautifully written and acted. She she asks a question that she doesn't want to hear the answer to. And he's to. about to he say it. He stumbles through the answer, and before he says it, she she does... This is the gift of the Magi, okay? Where yeah. uh, he sells his, his comb, or his watch... So he can buy a brush for her hair. She cuts her hair so she can buy a crystal for his watch, right? Yeah. He, he saves her life, and now she's saving his. Before they could kiss or he tells her he loves her, he spares her that. She spares him that and gives him the hypo spray and puts him right back to Spock. And we see in that exact moment Spock go from human Spock back to Vulcan, and it's a, a visceral transformation, and I, I just thought it was yeah. an incredible moment. Yeah. And uh, the next moment, you know, it was one of my favorites because I was already, like, angry at T'Pril uh, the, the yeah. whole time. I had my doubts, Spock. Your Vulcan nature is diluted, so it must have been challenging to hold on to your logical side. I am impressed that you achieved this despite your handicap. So Spock completes um, the, the, the mind mill portion of the rituals. And, you know, yeah. T'Pril acknowledges, hey, Spock, you completed it, you know, and you, you made it through it, but you you did this despite your handicap. And I just, could just hear the echoes of J.J. Yeah. Abrams when Spock is sure. before the Vulcan Science Academy and they say, it's, yeah. it's a wonder that you were able to complete this despite your, your disadvantage. And he's like, to what advantage do you speak of? And it's like, you're a human mother. And she basically you're did You're a human that. mother. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's how everybody felt yeah. about it. And so Spock, you know, even though he's back to being himself, that didn't sit well with him. And you can see that he got pissed. And he defended his mother and pushed back on the notion that his human side is a handicap. And he did it in a Vulcan way, but I think he wouldn't have done it if he hadn't had that 24-hour human experience. Something about him is changed i think forever even though he could, even if he does the colon r he'll always have that memory he can't get rid of that i am confused that you did not feel comfortable telling your own fiance about your condition later to pring and spock are, are together and she expresses her confusion that spock didn't share yeah. uh, the injury with her and I, I was with her on that i mean yeah, if you're really right. in love and it seems like 
uh, to Pring has been very accommodating and, and very accepting of Spock and, you know, doesn't have an issue with him being half human. And Spock didn't have faith or confidence enough in their relationship to share uh, this this injury and this change in him with her. And I thought that was bad. on That was a that was bad on him. Yeah. And not only that, she points out, you basically told everyone else but me. And, you know, and I was trying to get into the head of Spock. Well, I think there's one of two things going on. One, he didn't want to give her more stress with the mother or he really maybe was liking being a human. And he thought maybe the half human of him was was too much for to bring already and if he was fully human she'd reject him maybe that was part of it yeah so then uh to bring basically you know says that she wants space she's disappointed yeah and they want they want a break so it's, it's sort of a, a a split you know it's a we, ross and rachel thing ross and rachel in space we're, we're on a break exactly exactly um what does that mean i think that it means you're gonna see this love triangle for the next three years uh, yeah, and maybe the uh, the fact that T'Pring is on ice allows Spock to explore the relationship with Chapel. So, uh, speaking oh, of, Chapel is, yes. you know, is meeting with the um, Vulcan Science Academy rep. Miss Chapel, I'm calling to let you know that we have chosen not to offer you a fellowship. You are welcome to apply again if you decide that is an appropriate use of your time. He basically said you didn't make it, but then she t- um, she piques his interest by telling him about the experience with the Kokovians, and now he wants to talk, but then she basically disses him back and says, hey, you know, now I don't need to be with you guys. I just got a intergalactic cure from a bunch of interdimensional aliens, and I did that in a 24-hour period. And uh, I think I'll share that with, you know, Starfleet. I don't need you guys. And he's like, uh, uh. It was and nice. cut him off. <laughs> yeah, it cuts him off. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a great lesson for girls. It's a great lesson for people. Um, there's a lot going on in that one without be, hitting us over the head with it. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, I loved go- it. it was, I, I love giving people their comeuppance. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. And I by no the way, problem. I just every week I'm falling in more and more for Chapel. I just love her. She's cute. Good actress. I love her character. You have a crush. Um, she's awesome. Yeah, crush, crush, no. Crush yeah, maybe. Move. Yeah, maybe. She's not my yeah. hall pass, though. No, she's right. not my hall pass. Okay. Um, <laughs> but then, <laughs> thank you. Then we go back to um, Spock and his mom. And, and I thought this was a great moment. You were shunned by Vulcan mothers. But you were happy. And their her judgment was a sign of their own weakness, not ours. And yet... I see now what you gave up, what you chose to live through as a human on Vulcan. A great moment. Great moment. Because not only because he finally is able to see what she's, she chose this life. You know, Sarek was the ambassador to Earth. She married Sarek. It, It was logical for him, but she moved to Vulcan and chose the Vulcan way and raised a half Vulcan child and spent her whole life being scorned. And wow, I think Spock's finally. And this is another thing about oh, kids. Just, have, you know, had more respect and admiration for his mom because having gone through this brief experience, he realized what she yeah. went through his entire went through his entire life. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that I thought that was great. I think back to moments with my dad and I can think of, you know, of lots of complex things, but I can also think of the very simple things like I went home one time and had too much buttered popcorn and I got sick in the parking lot after the movie and I was puking in the parking lot and here's my 70 something year old dad um you know comforting me as if yeah. I were um you know five you know t- 6 7 yeah. years old wow. and it, it just reminded me in that moment I always remember it because it 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 just reminded me of the fact that my dad has always been my dad well, don't forget also that I comforted you when you got sick on that boat for my bachelor party. Because <laughs> yeah, I was. You were so sick. You were green. Yeah, you were as I green as an Orion. Period in cars. This is yes. why I drive everywhere. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, everyone. So they brought that yeah, one up. Yeah. So yes, that's right. That's a, that's another Anthony fun fact. Everybody. There we go. <laughs> what were you coming to see me about? To tell you that the Pring and I have decided to take time apart. How do you feel about that? I am conflicted because I have feelings for someone else. Spock has now elected to not be with Tupring. He's alone and he's reminded of chapel and he starts to go, we know, to his quarters and he opens the door and she's there, which was perfect. There's your rom-com for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, she's here. And I'm just yep. like, all roads lead to something. Yep. Right. So he, she comes in. He lets her know that they've, you know, gone their separate ways, which is exactly what she was hoping for. But she's not She's not a homewrecker, right? She, she could have kissed Spock and said, don't go through this thing. She didn't. She gave him the shot and made him Vulcan so he could go through it. Dude, that's love, man. I loved yeah. it. That's true love and that's true respect. And she respects respect, she respects absolutely. She loves him and she respects him above yep. that that she never yep. in, you know truly interfered. And I respect her for that. And so absolutely. she asked him how, he, how does he feel about it? <laughs> you know, yep. and so Spock was like, conflicted and he's you know, he has feelings for someone else. Well, here's the thing. A Vulcan says uh, expresses his feelings. I'm conflicted. That surprised me. Yeah, and he's like, I have feelings for someone else. And, you know, we've all been there, right? Yep. And, and he says he doesn't want to repress them anymore. Yeah, and he's like, she's like, okay, let's go. And she just jumps right into it. And, you know, you make a point, you made a point before, and I agree. They're not stringing this out. They're going for it. They're not making us, you know, the writers know they've got a lot up their sleeves. They don't have to string out this love triangle to keep us interested. We'll keep coming back. Exactly, and I'm I'm grateful that they just haven't like just spooled this out for, you know, and did a whole Remington still, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, God, I just dated myself. <laughs> yeah. I need to find a different yeah. show. You for did. Her younger folks. I was but, trying to uh, spare you from not saying Remington Steel, but you did it. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I'm old. I'm old. So yeah. <laughs> so they they went for it and they ended with them. You know, obviously going to make love. So um, there there you have it. I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I, I enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I did too. Um, let's talk about our favorite moments. I, I have three, and they're all between Spock and Chapel. but the number one moment is the moment that she pulls him back 
uh, behind uh, the room just before he's going to do the final ritual. And she could have done anything. She could have talked him out of going there. She could have said, I love you. She could have done anything because she realizes he put himself before her. She does it for him, gives him the shot and gracefully bows out and lets him have his life. And it turns out well for her anyway. But that moment I, I just fell in love with. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, for me, it was the battle between uh, uh, Tapril, Spring's mom, and Spock's mom. I mean, it was just a lobby of insults, and I and I just like the exploration and the parallels that a lot of people go through with these mixed, you know, mixed families and things like things like that. It's not that big of a deal as as it would have been 20, 25, 30, 44, You know, in the last you know twenty years, I don't think anybody cares near as much as as back then. But I love the exploration of that. And, you know, and how it feels to be in a situation where you're not accepted, you know, by, you know, another family. And, you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, Spock had a very good understanding of what his mother went through. And I thought that that was a brilliant moment. Well, Steve, that concludes this episode of Energize, a Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast. Folks, if you want to, go check out our website. It's www.energizepodcasts with an S. Dot com. We've got all of our episodes there, a little history about me and Anthony. Uh, if you want to check out my book, The Deletion, it's available on Amazon. Just search The Deletion or Steve Truitt, and my audiobook comes out in uh, late July. So um, we're going to do a week a free promotion, so I'll let you all know about it. All right, everybody. Um, I'll be right there for that. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. Prosper.